turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. You know I'm a bad girl. Do what I want, say what I like. Nobody can touch me. Trust me, I'm a bad girl. Get what I want, save a life. Nobody can touch me. You know I'm a bad girl. Woohoo! Hop day. <laughs> yes, hump day. Glad to be rolling over the hump with you guys here towards uh, the weekend in San Diego. But you might want to rethink those San Diego uh, surfing or swimming plans you had this weekend. I'll tell you a little bit about that later on in the show. Got so much to get into tonight. You chose a good place to spend your time this evening, and I want to say thank you for that. Thank you every night of the week for being here. If you miss any part of tonight's show, or you just want to listen to it again because you just dig me that much, <laughs> don't forget we've got our podcast that you can download. I laugh because it's just, I just, it, it, it blows my mind every day that anybody ever listens to me. It's such an honor and a joy. It's like pinch me, right? The, there's an old saying, that um, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And so it's just a joy to be with you guys every night. 888-344-1170 is our live call-in number. Email me at andreakshow.com. It, it, we're going to be updating you on the latest uh, jackboot that has come down on the necks of an American citizen tonight. We're going to update you on the DOJ going after Trump. But we're also going to get into some different information tonight. We've got a palate cleanser tonight, so to speak. We're, we're going to take a break tonight on in the middle of uh, some very serious hot topics because, you know, I like to hit it hard. And at the bottom half of the hour, we're actually going to share with you an interesting, is it a conspiracy theory related to Howard Hughes? Or is it actually true how he spent the last 14 years of his life? And it, what's going on in the skies of New York? Really? Is, is it just the fires out of Canada? Or is there something more sinister, sinister going on? Those topics and more to share with you guys. Before I go any further, got to bring in my brother. It's DJ Potato Skins. You picked a really bad time. I was almost about to honorarily shove a carrot stick in my mouth. <laughs> um, uh, hat tip to uh, DJ Carrot Sticks. We always think about him whenever we munch a carrot. Um, okay, so um, New York City. I'm not going to get into it in depth right now, but I will tell y'all, it's crazy what I'm seeing in the skies over there. I had to laugh, though, earlier... <laughs> About an hour ago, I heard somebody saying, what happened? Did, did Chris Christie, did Chris Christie come to New York and eat Taco Bell? Say what? <laughs> and of course, 
And of course, the seven year, the, the seventh grader in me has just been giggling ever since. Glad. Thank you so much for whoever that was who made me laugh. Uh, maybe not. This. Today is Wednesday. Yesterday was Taco Tuesday. Okay. Well, but still, does Chris Christie ever need a special day to eat tacos? I mean, when you look at Chris <laughs> Christie, do you think he needs special permission for that? Anyway, the skies are looking strange in New York City. I don't know what's happening there. We actually reached out last second, two minutes ago, to our good friend Dane Wigington to come on from Geoengineering Watch to maybe see if he's got an explanation. Very last minute. Not sure if we're going to be able to get him on tonight. If we do, we'll let you know. But I obviously will <laughs> we'll let you know. But was it Chris Christie? I don't know what's going on there. But what, here's what we do know is that the left sees an opportunity to do what? Get a mask back on your face. Okay, here's what Governor Hochul had to say. Today, tomorrow morning, 1 million N95 masks will be made available at state facilities. 400,000 will be distributed to New Yorkers at uh, MTA stations. That's my Eric Adams impersonation. PA bus terminal, New York State Parks and Javits Center. 600,000 will be available from NYCD. uh, I don't know what this acronym is for. Stockpiles for local governments uh, to pick up. It is full court press on the masks. Um, have we ever had, we have fires here every year because we're basically, a lot of people don't realize skins that we're, you know, San Diego is basically pretty much beach. I mean, pretty much desert right up to the beach and it gets not far from the beach. It gets super hot and we have fires and there's never been a time even out here in California, Fornia, have they ever tried to shove masks on us to deal with fires? Your thoughts on this? No, I agree. It's, um, you know, a lot of people tend to forget and we have, whether they're the smaller ones or we always seem to have, you know, really dry conditions at some point during the year. It's it's called weather. And but seeing what's happening on the East Coast, I mean, that that smoke is bad. The smoke is bad. But do you think that it justifies or is it not just it, the left is always looking for was it Rahm Emanuel who said, no, let no crisis go to waste. No, so, I mean, I, I absolutely think that they're going to try and. Uh, yeah recommend strongly people wear masks on a on a regular basis but you're even hearing some of the experts out there today that say they do not do any good the particulates are too small right so the the left is going to be don't think in other words that because covid is gone or that because you're able to go about your life on a daily basis right now they're not going to waste an opportunity to bring back they conditioned you to sit back and think that under the guise of public health that they have a right to cover your face at any at a moment's notice that they have a right to lock you in your homes it's not going away. In fact, the World Health Organization has bragged that they've come up with a new deal with the EU to do um, based upon the plan to do uh, vax requirements and vax certifications that you have to show to travel and participate in the world that they've now cooked up with the EU a, 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 an international certificate that they plan to roll out. So you've got to be on your toes. You've got to be aware that no matter what it looks like going on out there, whether it's a virus, whether it's an unexplained situation in our skies from fires, because I've never seen anything like this. Have you ever seen, you know, after a fire here in the, like in the East County, um, where, 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 I'm trying to remember the date or the year, Andrea, there was a year, several years back where we had the really bad fires in san diego and i remember thinking it was like lord of the rings where it was i mean it was it was like mordor it was like an it was like a endless sea of just brown smoke Uh, but it's been a long time 
But it wasn't this color of weird yellow orange. We're talking about New York City, nowhere near where these fires took place. Yeah, the coloring is different. And, uh, the coloring is the weird to me. Or as you said at the beginning of the show, something more nefarious. I, I don't know, but it is concerning. It is concerning. And what we have to be aware of is that we can, we have got to stay vigilant to make decisions that, that we have the right to make decisions for ourselves. If somebody wants to make a recommendation like I did today, I messaged a friend of mine, Susan Miller is in New York City and she's at the forefront of fighting against the illegal immigration stuff that's happening there. And I'm like, stay safe, go inside, you know, um, don't breathe. Cause when there's fires close to where you live, that's what you do here in San Diego. You don't go outside and breathe in all the ash, right? Um, but what we have to be careful of is immediately when New York City is jumping to push out about a million masks on people, that's that that you know when, when at the same time they're saying that it's starting to dissipate, it just to me is looking like a, an opportunity to jump on uh, to 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 get the people back under submission because it's all a game. It's been a while now since you since everybody was forced to wear those masks, and it's about reconditioning us and reconditioning us. Something else we're being uh, conditioned to do is to accept. Uh, the U.S. government and our Department of Justice and our court systems as violating all of our rights as American citizens. And the Americans have become so so used to it that there's nobody screaming about, uh, uh, about very few, screaming about the jackboot of tyranny that's taking place right now against former President Donald Trump. Very few people. There are some people doing it, but there's not. And you know who's not doing it? The other Republicans that are running against him in 2024. Whether it's Mike Pence today, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Whether it's Ron DeSantis or, or, or it, it, anybody else. Why? Are they so desperate to try to beat him for the president? Excuse me, for the presidency that they don't care? Or do they just, or, or do they just not care about the tyranny taking place in our country? Right? Is, or do, they, do they stupidly think this is just about Trump? I said back in 2017, when the Michael Flynn thing happened, I said, don't ignore this because we will all be Michael Flynn. And that's what it's about. And Donald Trump needs to, to also expand it out and make people understand that this is about him. This is about everybody. And before I even get into the impending charges against Donald Trump, let me tell you that Julie Kelly, who is the most important reporter, one of the few true journalists we have left, has not only reported about the federal government being busted in a court lying about Jan 6, but that right now the prosecutor in D.C., who's been the, the chief prosecutor all of over all these Jan 6 cases, has a thousand more indictments ready to go. That's against a thousand more Americans for doing nothing but walking around the Capitol. This is not about Donald Trump. You all need to understand that. And we all need to be prepared and fight against it instead of being conditioned to just accept it. Where was the outcry when a woman who was a member of a pro-life group just had two FBI agents show up on her door and her mother was was babysitting and, and the mother was told by the FBI agents, we need to know where she is. Why? Why are we accepting this in our country? The one thing that separated us, if nothing else, from the no-cos of the world and Castro's Cuba and the rest of them was our justice system. That's what that's heavily what this great experiment of the United States of America was about. It was about the U.S. Constitution. And what was that about at its core? Limited government. No tyranny. Not what's happening in this country right now. They are preparing indictments. I want uh, before I get into the rest of it. I want to play a clip from Ted Cruz, 
this was him saying, mark my words, I believe Merrick Garland will indict Donald Trump because he hates Donald Trump. Um, please play that clip from, uh, I was going to play it last night and didn't get to it. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Sorry for that little technical glitch. I'm actually doing the show from home tonight because the radio station building had an emergency dealing with construction or something. So here I am at home. All right. Um, before the break, we were talking about uh, the the American people being conditioned to just accept that our Department of Justice is one of injustice now, one that just goes around persecuting and prosecuting Americans who oppose the uniparty system and that we have permanently two sets of laws, one for the elites, one where they that that not only doesn't prosecute the the left, and the crimes that they commit, but actively covers them up while manufacturing and targeting political political opponents like Donald J. Trump. It, never before in the history of this country has a president faced indictment on federal charges, and that is expected to happen against Donald J. Trump in two cases, one related to the documents he had at Mar-a-Lago and the other related to January 6th. Um, Before we get into the details, here's what constitutional expert and attorney Ted Cruz had to say about it. Please play uh, Ted Cruz from last night. This attorney general, Merrick Garland, is the most partisan. He is the most political attorney general in our nation's history, and he has corrupted the Department of Justice. He has corrupted the FBI. He has corrupted the machinery of government, and they're perfectly willing to use it It is effectively an arm of the DNC. The hypocrisy is massive. Absolutely. Mark Levin, who I haven't listened to in a long time today, tweeted out today that he was chief of staff, for those who don't remember, for Attorney General Meese, and said that this would have never happened. This has never happened before. It would have never happened under Attorney General Meese. This is a weaponized United States government. This should put a chill up the back of every American out there, and I don't understand why it's, why it's not. Why I'm seeing people from DeSantis's team today tweeting out a typo from Donald J. Trump. It's insane. What's going on with these federal prosecutors is that, in fact, they're not only going forward with this indictment, but they refuse to even uh, put, a, put, a, put a pause on it to investigate the allegations that the prosecutors were offering a judgeship to one of the witnesses. This being reported by John Solomon at Just the News. Let that sink in for a moment. Federal judge? A grand jury or whoever prosecutors is go, are going to go forward with it with um, uh, the the Justice Department declined to delay charges to give time to investigate allegations of witness tampering. Think about that. This may sound unrelated, but Julie Kelly reported that in a trial for a Jan six defendant, one of their key witnesses. One of the the Capitol Police officers was caught lying on the stand. They had cut, I don't know if you guys remember, we don't need to get into the weeds, but on the day of Jan 6, there were tarps put over um, these grandstands. And allegations were made against Jan 6 defendants that they had destroyed the tarps over these bleachers. And it was caught and it was revealed in court. And their key witness, this Campanal officer, was busted on the stand for being the one that destroyed the tarps. And it was only by a fluke that, that the defense attorney happened to get the video because these videos had been denied 
Exculpatory evidence is your constitutional right. The government must hand over any exculpatory evidence to you. And here they're denying it of Jan 6 defendants. They've got another thousand indictments, another thousand people they're planning to rope in, in addition to what they're doing to Donald J. Trump. And on top of it, when it comes to Jan 6, I don't know what Mark Meadows has done, speaking of G- chief of staff, but reportedly some people are saying it's not true, but reportedly he's, he's uh, you know, uh, is cooperating with the investigators on Jan 6. Reportedly, he is going to plead, plead guilty to some charges. I can't cooperate that. Some people say no way would he do that. Well, it's being reported that he plans to do that, that he plans to throw Trump under the bus because that's what happens. When you've got the jackboot of the government on your on your neck, what are you going to do? Why? Oh, Michael Flynn. One of the things that the left does to try to, to try to say that Trump is guilty. Uh, well, of course, Trump, like back when they were continuing to try to say that Russian collusion uh, was real. Well, look at all these guilty pleas that happened as a course of the investigation. But none of them had anything to do with Russian collusion. They were all process crimes. They drained somebody economically, financially, threatened their family members. And then they go, okay, I'll plead guilty. What do, you, what do you want me to, I'll plead guilty to a lesser crime. And then they can go, see, look at what's happening here. Wait till it happens to you. I've had family members persecuted by U.S. attorneys. One that was running for office. I don't need to get into the details. Fortunately, my family members, after about six figures in legal fees, were able to prove that it was a witch hunt, that it was somebody who was trying to run for office off the backs of them. And got the charges dropped, but you don't know what it's like until you've been on the receiving end of it. And maybe that's why DeSantis isn't coming out against it. But he's a former JAG officer. He was an attorney for the United States of America and a U.S. congressman before he became governor of Florida. I am looking for you, Ron DeSantis, to start speaking up on behalf of the American people and outlining your plan to rid the, the Department of Justice of the cancer that's infected it, as well as the FBI. So what they're going to, and now what they're trying to do, Trump put out a statement on Truth Social, oh, they're going to try to indict me on these classified documents, even though I haven't done anything different than what Bill Clinton did. And in fact, um, he didn't do anything any different than Bill Clinton did. And not only that, but there was a court case that happened back, I think, in 2022 that basically said presidents have the right to take whatever document they want to take with them. However, under the Espionage Act, here's, here's what they're trying to do to get around the hypocrisy of the double standard and the fact that under the Presidential Records Act and under court, he- court cases in the past that he's free and clear on these classified documents. Now they're trying to hit him with the Espionage Act with uh, Section 793, which prohibits gathering, transmitting, or losing any information respecting the national defense, as though that does also doesn't apply to Joe Biden, member with, with all the hundreds of, of, of boxes in his garage with his, with, uh, oh, that they're in with my Corvette, man. They're safe. They're safe. This is the kind of stuff that happens and happened in the USSR. But Mike Pence today, Mike Pence today, he uh, uh, said that made it. I don't even know if I want to play this. You know, Skins didn't want to play it. Well, you said it was I, interesting, and I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what he had. But well, here he, 
I do think it's interesting that he said, I'm not going to play the clip. He was proud to stand by President Trump every single day. I do think that was good of him to say that. I think it's better strategy than Ron DeSantis and the rest of them and Chris Christie trying to attack Donald J. Trump. Because let me tell you, for four years, we had the greatest economic revival in the history of this country, the highest, uh, uh, lowest unemployment for African-Americans, highest, you know, uh, opportunity zones, everything he did. And with no help from the Republican Party, we had the most secure border. He, we, for the first time in decades, we were not taken to any new wars. We had our enemies around the country share, scared to do anything against us. That is indisputed. And so for, so I do appreciate Pence uh, saying, I was proud to stand with Donald Trump. That was, that's smart strategy. But what's not strategy on the part of Pence, if he thinks he's going to ride the former president's coattails into the White House, is him saying this, clip six. My son, the Marine, once reminded me, you took the same oath I took, Dad. So I did. So let me explain. Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution provides that the President of the Senate, the Vice President, shall, in the presence of the Senate in the House, open all the certificates and the votes shall be counted. No more, no less. Despite the fact that the Constitution's language is clear and provides the Vice President with no authority to reject or return electoral votes, my former running mate continues to insist that I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump was wrong then, and he's wrong now. I will always believe, by God's grace, I did my duty that day. I kept my oath to ensure the peaceful transfer of power under the Constitution of the United States of America. Peaceful transfer of power. By the way, man, are you not aware as you you have been um, uh, contradicting yourself as to your location that day and, and the use of your location that day, the false statements of your location that day being used against Jan 6 defendants and denying them exculpatory evidence? Are you not aware that the, that, that the Capitol Police just happened to pull the barricades back and let people in right as Ted Cruz and others were attempting to do the same thing that Jamie Raskin did in 2016, which is laid out in the Constitution, and that is question and to try to stop the counting of electors? We have a system in place, and you enabled it to be stopped. You're not a hero, nor are you a hero for continuing to push the Jan 6, indirectly as you did in that statement, to push the the false narrative that Jan 6 was an insurrection and a coup attempt. Not to mention the fact that we now know from FBI whistleblowers that what the the Obama administration was doing with the phony Russian collusion witch hunt, the phony and the FBI and the DOJ was trying to come up with ways for Donald J. Trump to not be inaugurated in twenty in twenty seventeen. There was no peaceful transfer of power from the Obama administration. Donald J. Trump was under a coup attempt the second he came down the escalators in twenty fifteen. And the more that you continue to try to spit in the face of the MAGA Americans who know this and who understand this, the more you might as well go buy yourself a, a Mega Millions lottery ticket. You've got a much better, bit, better chance of winning that than ever 
getting into the White House as President of the United States. I need a palate cleanse. So we're going to take a little break. We're going to do something a little bit different here on the Andrea K. Show. We're actually going to talk about an icon of America. We're going to shift gears and talk about something that became very interesting to me the other day about Howard Hughes. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Don't forget to download our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tonight's show will be uploaded by noon tomorrow. You can email me at andreacashow.com. Give us a call here. Our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. I would love to know what y'all think about what's happening in the skies over New York. We are going to get back into that and other serious topics tonight. In fact, we've got Dane Wigington who will be here after the next break. Dane Wigington from Geoengineering Watch, who's going to be here to discuss what's happening in the skies over New York. But now it's time for a palate cleanse from all the political and hot topics of the day. In fact, it's interesting because the other day I saw a, a ad for the movie, a commercial for the movie, the, the Aviator, I think it was, with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I tried watching that movie. And I couldn't get into it. And I thought the other day, maybe I should try it again because I'm interested in Howard Hughes. I don't really know everything about his story. And then all of a sudden, I see uh, an author by the name of Major General Mark Music who's got a quite the interesting story to tell. Did Howard Hughes actually die in 1976? Or did he live on under a false name? Joining me now to discuss is Major General Mark Music. Hello there, Major General. Well, Andrew, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for, for piquing my interest with this um, and, and coming on tonight to tell the story. Um, so Howard Hughes supposedly didn't die in 1970. Here's what, here's what I, I know, not having seen The Aviator. But I remember being told this was the guy, the aviation guy. And I've been down to Long Beach and seen what, what was the big plane that he did that only flew for a few minutes. Um, and then it was, this was something spruce or goose or something. Yeah. The spruce goose, the spruce goose. And then I heard that he became a recluse who never trimmed his toenails and never took a bath. So, and then he died in 1976. Okay. So dude went crazy and died with long nails. So now you're here to tell us that that's not true. He didn't die in 76. That is correct. Uh, About 1969, Howard brought in a stand-in, which was a long-haired, long-fingered, drug-addicted guy who was actually a friend of Howard's who was 20 years older. And that became Howard Hughes to the public. But Howard would have meetings with the president of Nicaragua, with the governor of Nevada, with Merrill Lynch representatives, and they'd, they'd say he's a commanding, charming man. So there were really two men. There was Howard Hughes, a commanding, charming man in charge of his business, hiding away, and to the public, that he was described as this long-haired, long-fingered, 90-pound, drug-addicted, derelict. Howard was a very reclusive man. He wanted to hide. He found a way to do it. Okay, and how did he do that? According to your book, the story is told by his wife, Eva McClelland. They were together for another 25 years? Eva met how I met Eva in 2002 and she started telling me this story. And I thought, you're loony lady. You are just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it sounds, it sounds crazy. Me, but it, it, 
<laughs> it is. It took me four years to believe it. And after we got records, medical records, mental care records, everything, the pizza store together, everything she said was true. She met him in Panama in 1969. He was, he looked different. He changed his looks. He had age around him all the time, still six foot four, still in charge of his business. They were married in May of 70 in Panama. They lived in Panama for about two more years, and then they moved to uh, Arizona for a little bit. He had AIDS around him all the time. He would just disappear. For months at a time, he'd just be gone. She was not really certain who he was when they first met, and then she figured it out. And then about 1974, he revealed it to her. She kept his secret until he actually died in 2001. And then I met her two months after he died. She told me the story and I, I put it together and everything makes sense. You go into the military documents, medical documents, everything, timeline, everything makes sense that she said. Okay. Um, so who, who, so when he died, who took his place? When the stand-in died, in 1976, now this is the long-haired, long-fingernailed gentleman died in, in Texas. Supposedly Howard's dead now. They were actually living, Howard and Eva were actually living in Alabama at that point in time, in a little place west of Troy, Alabama. There were aides with them all the time. Howard, of course, put the CIS communication satellites up in, up in the air space, so he used those satellites so no one could trace his calls. So wherever he and Eva were, they could communicate with where the stand-in was and the other aides around in the stand-in, which has moved from the location to location to location, and no one could ever intercept their communications. That's one way how he hid away. So the stand-in dies now in 1976, a long-haired, long thing guy, weighed about 90 pounds, dies in 76. Howard now doesn't need the AIDS anymore. So they kind of disappear. But Howard still can be in contact with somebody who we think is with the CIA. He can be in contact with somebody to make communications as he needs to. But he's now out of really the, the direct management and leadership of his company. He's out of it. The leaders who he's got to manage it are the ones leading that company at that point in time. And so he's just hiding away. Now, at this point. Well, who is Nick, knows. though? You say you say that he assumed the identity of a CIA operative named Nick. Is that who Eva thought she married, a CIA operative named Nick? Yes. Okay. What we think so, happened here is 1969, there's a Soviet submarine that sank. In 1969, the CIA went to Howard and said, we need you to raise that submarine. And so he then built the Glomar Explorer. That request to him, this is our speculation, that request to him, is, he said, all right, I'll go raise that submarine, CIA, you get me another identity. They gave him the identity of a gentleman named Werner Nicely. And as we've gone back and got all the records for Werner Nicely, he was in World War II in aviation, 1955, left the Air Force and went to work for the CIA. He was working in Panama during counter-drug operations in Colombia. And basically, late 60s, about 67, 68, just disappeared. We have no idea what happened to him. He was five foot 11. We have all of his records. He was five foot 11. 
And now a man comes, says my name's Werner Nicey, but he says he's really Nick Nickley to throw confusion mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. whole mixture. Howard loved confusion. So now Howard's got the identity of Werner Nicely, five foot eleven guy, but he's really six foot four and he says my name's Nick Nickley. And so Eva knows it's Nick, not knowing he's really Howard Hughes, until about three years later and she figures it out and then he tells her I'm Howard Hughes. Wow. This needs to, there needs to be a follow up, a part two to the aviator story. You know, is this is there any talk of of this being made into like a Netflix story or something? We can't get Hollywood to do anything with it. Nothing. Inter- we have no why? we have no luck in Hollywood at all. The Aviator story is really brilliant, really a good a good movie up until oh the late fifties. It doesn't ever go later in life. It's got this strangeness in it, you know, later in, in the late fifties, but it doesn't ever go into the sixties because you just cannot explain. Most mm-hmm. books about Howard Hughes don't go into the sixties and the seventies because you you can't explain it. It's too wild. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think it's a story that should be told. I'm surprised Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood really could use some some fresh content. Okay. I mean, how many more Marvel movies can they make? And I say that as family who works in the Marvel series. It's like I don't even go see them. Okay. I, I can't see any more Marvel stuff. I can't see any Disney stuff. It makes me crazy. I'd really like to see some fresh content here. Um, anyway, um, how can people get the book? Book is on Amazon. It's called Boxes: The Secret Life of Howard Hughes. Eva wanted it named Boxes because she lived out of boxes. She had to be able to leave. They had to be able to, to, to disappear within, within minutes. And so she lived out of boxes. When I met her, she was living out of boxes. But th- they arranged it for they could bring a truck in. They could throw a bunch of boxes and someone's clothes in the back of the truck, throw him in the truck, and he could be gone in three or four minutes. And that's the way they lived for 20 years. So wow. he could disappear at any point in time. Is she still alive? Oh, Seek a Life of Howard Hughes on, on Amazon, probably the easiest place to get it. Oh, awesome. Well, I, I, I thank you for writing this. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to get it and, and read up on it. And I hope, it's, I hope somebody does pick it up and turn it into a Netflix series. I think it's fascinating. Thank you so much, Major General Music, and thank you for your service. I'm here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All righty. And you guys stay tuned. Dane Wigington will be here from Geoengineering Watch to talk about what's happening in the skies over New York City. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Had to reach out to Dane Wigington and get him on tonight from Geoengineering Watch. He's become a fan favorite. And this afternoon, I started seeing these crazy images everybody did coming out of New York, and it just seems weird. We have a whole lot of fires out here in California, and I've never seen skies like this, especially since New York City is not like next door to where these fires happen in Canada. So thankfully, uh, uh, Dane Wigington from Geoengineering Watch has uh, agreed to come on very last minute, and he joins me now to discuss. Hey, Dane Wigington, thank you for being here. Hey, Andrew, and thank you for your continued attention on what's happening in our skies. You're completely correct. The scenario with the smoke being pushed down into the northeast right now is not nature. It's not natural. It's absolutely climate engineering. In regard to the setting the template for the fires, we can hang that around the neck of climate engineering, also drying out those areas of forest, making them prime for this type of incineration. The source of ignition is another subject, but the upper-level wind patterns that are being manipulated to push that smoke where it is are absolutely 
inarguable. It's called an omega block. Your listeners can look this up. The jet stream pattern is completely unorthodox, unnatural, and if you want me to explain how they manipulate those jet stream patterns, uh, glad to do so. Yes, please do. With ionosphere heaters installations like HARP, they can manipulate atmospheric pressure zones, which allows them to manipulate low-pressure and high-pressure zones. So in the northern hemisphere, a low-pressure atmospheric zone spins counterclockwise. High-pressure spins clockwise. So picture the fan belt in the front of a car engine. You see that fan belt wrapping clockwise around some pulleys and counterclockwise around other pulleys. And that's the degree to which they can manipulate the jet stream. So they have a low pressure in California, which is bringing in a lot of the cooler temperatures on the West Coast. But then the jet stream goes straight north all the way, way into northern Canada and wraps clockwise around a high-pressure dome, which is a direct result of ionosphere heaters like HARP, pumps it back south, and then wraps around another low-pressure zone that's about by New England right now. So that pulls that smoke south exactly where it's at, and they're chemically nucleating that smoke. So you not only have smoke in some of those areas of the Northeast, you have a big cool-down that's happening too. In fact, there's a headline for that cool-down from from AccuWeather. I'm I'm looking for that now. But if your listeners want to know exactly the intricacies of this issue, a very important documentary, one of the uh, short video, one of the most important we've ever done at geoengineeringwatch.org. If they search wildfires serve geoengineering agenda, they can see science study advocating for the burning of northern latitude forests, just like in Quebec that's burning right now, to provide temporary cooling for specific regions of the planet. If that's not cutting off your nose to spite your face, what is? I mean, that's, that's a very short-term, um, highly toxic effect for those areas that are cooled down and what other agendas are going with that. When we have satellite imagery of them, blanket spraying on top of the smoke particulate, so it's not just smoke people are breathing. There's climate engineering elements in that as well that are not being disclosed. Well, maybe that's what explains the weird color, because I've never seen that color in the skies, no matter how many fires we've had raging across San Diego, or the fact that about five or six years ago, I think it was the fall of 2017, um, we had all these fires raging in Southern California, many of which that were started by homeless encampments. And I and I was one of the few people on the roads trying to get up to LA to check on a family member's house up in LA. And I went through a whole lot of areas that were burning, and the skies didn't look like this what can we what can we what explains this weird orange yellow color happening because i've been around a lot of, of smoke from fires forest and, and and other type of shrubbery and whatever burning and i've never seen this color before well give me a film footage in the case of the paradise fire you probably remember that fire yes, very the paradise fire. so we captured with time lapse film footage we captured blanket climate engineering, aerosol spraying operations directly on top of the smoke canopy. Why would they do that? That's not solar radiation management in the sense that the science community is attempting to sell it to us. That's something certainly nefarious. So again, when they're spraying that particulate matter directly in the smoke bank and the smoke provides cover for them to do so, people think, oh, it's just the fires. No, it's not. There's much more in that mix than just wildfire particulate smoke. So we don't know the the totality of elements we're breathing, but certainly it's an incredibly toxic mix. And as bad as those air quality reports are that you see, Andrea, they're not even counting. They're not even looking for nanoparticles, which are what climate engineering elements are. So it's much worse than we're even Mm -hmm. being told. Yeah, it's funny, shifting gears, but not really. I noticed a tweet earlier um, before I got on the show, about, uh, about half an hour before I went live, and it's, 
Uh, somebody named Dr. Don Michael tweeted out, have you noticed in your area unusual weather? Southern California has been under a thick cloud mass for weeks. I've never seen anything like it. I haven't either, and I've lived here since early 90s. I looked up weather. She goes on to say, I looked up weather in other states, and many are experiencing rain and cloud coverage. We had planes striping the sky every day before this. Hashtag chemtrails. Well, again, they're correct. I mean, if the atmospheric moisture is necessary for what's called chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding for weather modification, those are endothermic energy-absorbing materials, creates a cold insulator layer of air that descends to the surface, so you have a natural layer of surface cold, while other areas fry. So, again, while we have the northeast now cool with the smoke bank, west is cool, we have very high temperatures in parts of the, the northern states, and that's part of that omega block. Picture the omega symbol, you know, a, a, a dip. Mm-hmm rising way up high into Canada, and then another dip. And that's something we didn't see meteorologically 15 years ago, but now it's normal. It's like the, the uh, high-pressure heat domes we hear talked about all the time. You hear How often do you hear with the storm now, Andrea? Rapid intensification. The term mm-hmm. bomb cyclone, rapid intensification. Yeah. So they just normalize these terms that are now becoming normal because of climate engineering's forcing of the climate. Uh, we are in very, very dangerous ground we are on a much more precarious plank than people want to dare imagine at this point. It's not just the air we're breathing that's poisoning crops, water, soils, every breath we take, but they are literally derailing the planet's remaining life support systems. We will all soon pay the price if these programs continue. Tell everybody how to, how to read your stuff and see your, all of your work. Geoengineeringwatch.org. We're the largest website in the world on the subject of climate engineering. No politics, no advertising. Now, we just posted this evening uh, an exchange I had with presidential candidate Robert Kennedy Jr., and that's a very uh, productive exchange. encourage your listeners to look at that, and, and please, please help us to sound the alarm by sharing our groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, available for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Does RFK Jr. Uh, uh, understand and appreciate your work? He understands the issue now better than he ever has. I'll say that. And I'll, I'll okay. let the listeners decide by watching the exchange and let them come to their own opinion and conclusion. But uh, I'm grateful he had the courage to address the issue. And I'll hope that he's not done addressing it. And I hope many people continue to encourage him to address it. Well, I like the fact that he's willing to look at these issues. Nobody else, n- nobody else seems to be interested so, um, you know, it, 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 you know, it, shouldn't people at least be curious, at least be willing to look, at least be willing to listen? If they to, uh, care about right? the future, the future of their posterity, again, you, you can't interfere with the planet's life support systems without a very, very bad result. And we're about to get that bad result. The website is geoengineering.org, geoengineering.org. Thank you for being here, Dane Wiginton. Geoengineering Watch. Geoengineering Watch. Geoengineering Watch. Thank you, Dane Wigington. Appreciate it. We've got one more hour coming your way, so don't go anywhere.